Hi, it's Dave and Debbie here of the Dave and Dijanovic Show on KSL News Radio. We're on live on KSL News Radio Monday through Friday, starting at nine. And every day we start off with the launch, so the keyword is going to be launch. So text that keyword to five seven five zero zero, and you'll be entered to win a pair of AirPod Pros. Dave and Dijanovic, your morning companions for talk, analysis, and key perspectives on Utah's biggest stories on KSL News Radio. We have some new legislation uh, that's being um, passed on Capitol Hill since we last uh, left you. Uh, and we're going to take a really in depth look this morning at this new school guardian uh, bill uh, that I believe it's on its way to the governor's desk, Dave. We're going to find out for sure where things are at. And we found a study, Debbie. That is absolutely fascinating. It and it is counterintuitive to me. It's counterintuitive of how to keep kids safe in the case of a, a, a mass shooting incident. Uh, it, it will absolutely surprise you. It's nine oh six. It's time for the launch. Sequence engaged. And brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Here are the three things that Debbie wants you to know. Countdown three. Well, I heard Heather Kelly reporting this on Utah's Morning News, Dave, as I was uh, getting ready this morning, and I thought, wow, the alphabet of Utah traffic intersections uh, wreaking havoc for drivers. We've got the T intersections, the Y intersections, and I personally think any intersection that allows for U-turn is dangerous, especially at like 50 miles an hour or whatever. Uh, There's a five-year study out that cites the most dangerous intersections for people, cars, drivers, passengers in Utah. Um, And we're going to take an in-depth look at that in just about 45 minutes. I hadn't thought about that. We are using all the letters, the T, the Y, the U. What I wonder is, are we overcomplicating it? Because I think we have so many different kinds of intersections and roundabouts and on ramps and off ramps, it is just incredibly difficult to keep them all straight. I've been teaching kids to drive the last three or four years, teaching my kids, my young kids, and I tell them something and then I'm like, oh, except this intersection, intersection. Oh, except this off ramp. It is confusing and that makes it dangerous. Countdown to this is not a broken record. But President Biden just forgave $1.2 billion in student loans. It's about 1,000 Utahns who are going to benefit, almost. So if you're confused, because it feels like Biden's loan forgiveness is all over the map and he's rolling it out a little bit here and a little bit there, well, don't worry, friends. President Biden can't even keep it straight either. If they took less than, if they borrowed less than $2,000, it's forgiven. The twelve thousand dollars. Excuse me. It's the loan is forgiven. <laughs> no, if you if you borrow less than the two thousand twenty five hundred, what's this plan again? <laughs> it's hard to keep straight because he's done it so many different times. So a few billion here, a few billion there. Over a hundred and thirty billion dollars have been forgiven. Now, Debbie, my wife has returned to school. Mm-hmm. We've finally, for the first time ever, the Noriegas have taken out student loans. My question is, should I start paying them back right now? Or should I just sit on it and wait for the Biden lottery to hit? <laughs> Launch countdown one. Armed guards inside our schools and our classrooms. 
Utah now has a plan in place uh, to arm school school employees. In a moment, we're going to talk in depth with KSL News Radio's Adam Small, who's been tracking the developments on Capitol Hill to explain how this will play out in our schools. And then at 920, the very concerning results of a sweeping study of more than 100 school shootings. They've studied 133 school shootings across the country, and it showed that armed guards don't make things safer. Uh, They actually make the situation worse, Dave. That was such a shocking conclusion. It it seems so counterintuitive. It doesn't make common sense. So you're going to have to walk me through why this is the case. The launch. Commence. Dave and DeGenovic. Dave and DeGenovic. Special coverage of the top local story. Let's start here uh, with what is happening on Utah's Capitol Hill about the plan to put armed guards in Utah schools. It's gotten the green light, and I want to find out how this is going to play out once it gets into schools, Dave. Yes. Uh, is this the Guardian bill? This is the Guardian bill. Adam Small, KSL News Radio, heard you talking about it this morning, reporting about the developments on Utah's Morning News. What can you tell us? Well, the big thing to know is that this bill is on its way to the governor's desk, and uh, you know it's now down to Governor Cox. It's made its way through the legislature. But the big thing that it does is, uh, it, when it was first introduced, the idea was to let teachers, principals, all sorts of school employees be able to volunteer as armed guards but the bill has been gone through like five different substitutes so basically now it's school employees not teachers or principals can volunteer as an armed guard in cases of emergency i believe in other um stories and articles i read about this bill i think uh representative ryan wilcox brought this forward after that that crazy day last year we had all those school hoax shooting threats hoax threats around the state and so he wanted to address school security after that. So basically it would allow these school employees to volunteer as an armed guard. They can work either alongside or even in some places, potentially in place of a school resource officer if they, because some schools in Utah don't have a school resource officer. But to clarify, teachers and principals are not included in this? Yeah. So this is school employees, not teachers, not principals. That was a, that was a big change from the first version of the bill. When and the reason being what? Well, I, I just think there was a lot of concern with um, having, I don't know, maybe it was either too many employees or maybe people that close to students being able to jump out into action in an emergency. Uh, I wasn't able to catch all the debates, but I, I know there were a lot of concerns around this bill from the get-go. Um, and I know teachers and principals, they do have you know very specific duties, and maybe they thought other employees would just be better if they were the ones to jump in. Yeah, I can imagine a teacher has a lot on their plate all day long, and uh, you know, this We've talked. We've spoken uh, live on the air to a school janitor, who called in and said, "Hey, I conceal carry. I conceal carry on campus." The school resource officer, they're police officers. You know, they're just assigned to the schools. Knows that I that I carry, and he seemed like he was in a good place with that. Uh, that he was happy to do that. That was part of. Uh, it felt like his responsibility to keep the kids safe. Probably has a lot more flexibility than a teacher who's uh, trying to get a bunch of children to the next class, you know. So, Adam, does this version allow for training and set aside money for those people that volunteer? So I believe that a lot of, at least earlier on in the bill, a lot of the funding was already like self-funded. Ryan Wilcox came very prepared to make sure we had the funding needed for this bill 
Uh, in terms of training, it, this bill does a ton. I believe it actually sets up like a council to kind of oversee this program as I was skimming through the bill text this morning. So I, I am sure training is going to be a huge part of it, making sure, okay, we need to know who are these volunteers are. Do they know how to use a gun? I, I'm sure that's going to be a huge part of it. And certainly would be important to be in cooperation with law enforcement who's responsible for those particular schools so they know exactly when they enter a school building who the armed gunman is, the bad guy, the bad, I mean, mostly the bad guy, and who the teacher is. So, Adam Small, thank you so much for bringing us up to date on that. I know you'll continue to keep us posted throughout the day as that bill makes it to the governor's desk. It, we're going to examine a little bit more about whether or not this truly makes our schools safer. Uh, we found a review of 133 school shootings. I've been able to look through it. You've been able to read through it. Uh, They looked at 133 school shootings across the entire country. And this was uh, a sweeping study of how effective armed guards at schools actually are in saving lives of children. And it turns out they actually make things worse. More next. Hi, it's Dave and Debbie here of the Dave and Dijanovic Show on KSL News Radio. We're on live on KSL News Radio Monday through Friday, starting at nine. And every day we start off with the launch, so the keyword is going to be launch. So text that keyword to five seven five zero zero, and you'll be entered to win a pair of AirPod Pros. Dave and Dijanovic. Dave and Dijanovic. Dave and Dijanovic. Special coverage of the top local story. The Utah legislature just approved a plan to get armed guardians in our schools. Um, And we talked to Adam Small about what this would look like. And then we started looking around, Dave and I did, and, and Dave actually found this study from 2021. It's a U.S. Office of Justice program study that specifically looked at armed guards. And the question is if they're a deterrent. Uh, when a gunman, an active shooter, walks into a school. And I was astonished at the results of the study. You said it best, Dave. It's counterintuitive to what you think would happen at a school. Yes, my assumption, and I think this is most assumptions, and certainly the assumption of the Utah State Legislature as they passed the Guardian Bill that would allow paraprofessionals, janitors, uh, cafeteria staff— to actually train, uh, bring a gun to school in case of a mass shooter situation, then they could respond with a gun that they brought. That intuitively, common sense tells me that is, that's a good thing. But this study says absolutely not. That so is not what happens. Let me pick your brain. What do you mean by a good thing? Uh, What's your vision when you think, oh, this will deter yeah. Okay. So, so my vision or the way I have it in my, my brain is the mass shooter comes into the school and as everyone is scrambling away, say you have a half dozen you know, people in the school mm-hmm. that are armed, that are trained, and they go to engage the shooter while police are trying to arrive on scene. That to me seems better than letting the shooter just wander around the sure. halls as teachers sure. are huddling in their classrooms trying to barricade doors. So let's take a deeper look at that study. Of the, they, they actually looked at 133 different school shootings. 
from 1980 to 2019. And the age ranges of the suspects, the perpetrators, were 10 years old to 53. So that tells me um, the guns that were used or the amount of bullets uh, were, that the, the person had with them, it's, it varies greatly, right? Because you think of a 10-year-old, like what kind of access did they have, you know, versus a 53-year-old, right? Might have been at the local Walmart buying up all the all the bullets. Yeah, right? and, and it does say in this study the majority of these shootings were uh, handguns. Right. So you've got these 133 cases of school shootings. And and also, I think that the reason for this study, Dave, came out of the Florida law that also requires, kind of similar to what we did here in Utah uh, this week with the guardian legislation on Capitol Hill. Florida has guardians in schools, not all schools yet, but they were one of the first ones to do this because they were responding to the mass shooting. At, you know, they had the one at Parkland. And yeah, Marjorie the, the, Stone. Yeah, Mar- yeah, Marjorie Stone. And so, you know, Florida puts these guardians in place. And so now here comes the study of 133 different school shootings. And as you pointed out, with handguns. And they look at whether armed guards being at the school or somebody who's armed um, was effective. And they the, all the schools they looked at, I thought this was curious, uh, only 25% of them. Um, had this armed guard or guardian there. But it's kind of a newer program, so I guess that makes right. sense. It wasn't around in 1980. We just didn't have the, the need for them. The situation wasn't then like it is now. So what they found in the data, they found that there's no association between having an armed guard uh, and deterrence of violence. That armed guards were not associated with a significant reduction in injuries and the rate of deaths. Here's the kicker, folks. The rate of deaths was almost three times greater in schools with an armed guard there. How can that be? Again, what do you I think? keep saying counterintuitive. Is, it, yeah. it, it doesn't make any sense to me because it, if, if somebody comes in and they're shooting up a school and a guard you know, or a resource officer, or a police officer engages them, how does that not make it safer? So the study even says an armed officer on the scene was the number one factor associated with increased casualties after the perpetrator's use of assault rifles or submachine guns. Okay, so here's what it says. Um, because I'm with you, Dave. I, I feel like if I'm thinking of this, I'm using my mom brain and also my journalist brain and having covered a number of seasons, you would think that somebody who's on scene, like a police officer already, would be able to deter the violence or stop the violence, right? Because it's, it's, now it's kind of equal to some degree. If it, but, if, you know, if it's a handgun and they go, so you, you, you feel like in your head, it's like that would, that would be a solution, but what the study found is that whenever firearms are present, there's a there's room for error, which makes sense. I would even say there's room if, for fear, even if you've been trained and you're not, but you're not doing this all the time. And somebody, the element of surprise walks through the door with a machine gun or some machine gun. There's that too, and so you're reacting to that, and then and then there's this room for error that the study found, and they said even highly trained officers get the split second decisions wrong. Of course, 
And then there's something else, I think. Which we saw in Uvalde. Yeah. We saw hundreds of officers respond to this this mass shooting, and they were all paralyzed. They did nothing. They waited uh, over an hour. Yeah. As as children were barricaded in the classroom with the shooter. And dying. And dying. And dying. Dave and I talking about a, a Office of Justice Programs report uh, put out by the federal government of 133 different school shootings from 1980 to 2019, um, and that, in fact, um, with armed guards, and we're talking about this because of the Guardian bill that passed up on Capitol Hill that allows, uh, in Utah, allows for uh, guardians with guns to be in schools. And these would be, like you said, Dave, paraprofessionals or janitors, people in the schools who would uh, be able to be trained and guard our kids if the worst happens. And the study found that they actually make things worse. Um, so they've said that they, so one suggestion that came up in this study is that a lot of school shooters go in with the mindset that they're suicidal. So they, they mean they want to die when they're there. So an armed guard or an armed officer may be an incentive instead of of a deterrent. Okay. Walk me through that a little bit more. Like how... How would they be an incentive rather than a deterrent? So we've heard and we've covered, and most of our listeners are probably familiar with the term suicide by cop. Think of all the times police officers, mm. in you've seen in news stories, have been called to scenes uh, from a for you know because there's a barricaded subject inside of a home, somebody who's going through some sort of mental crisis in the moment, and they don't have it in them to commit the act on their own. And so they engage an officer. And it's a horrible, horrible situation, right? It just is terrible. You know, the the person who's going through the mental health crisis doesn't see another way out. The police officer put in a horrible situation uh, because sometimes that person will start firing at them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what happened, you know, I don't have any proof that that's what's happening in schools based on this study, but this what they concluded is it could be actually an incentive rather than a deterrent for somebody who is looking to um, die by suicide in that moment. But they also go and think about the the active shooters that we've covered, and so often there's so much prep that they've done. They've been off the radar. Nobody knows they're out doing this. They're out buying up weapons. They're out buying up bullets. And their mindset by the time they get to that location is they're just, they're all in. They've crossed that line. I don't think this is hopeless, though. The study also pointed out that instead of focusing on guardians who are armed, schools, public officials should be investing in resources to prevent the shooting in the first place. And we've done that to a lot of schools already. Yes. Yeah, we've hardened the sides. We've made it a little harder. We, you know, we've locked more doors. We've been more vigilant. Definitely, we've done more training. Uh, I think ultimately, again, I just think of myself, and and my wife is a paraprofessional mm-hmm. in a school. That's right. So she would absolutely qualify for this guardian program. We haven't discussed whether or not she would participate. Uh, you know, we don't carry guns in our family, but I, I will just say this personally. If I'm thinking, if there was a, a mass shooter situation at her school, heaven forbid, 
Would I feel safer if she were armed? Yes. Mm. Even though this report and this study says that is not the case. Again, this is why it's counterintuitive. That's a great that's a great point, Dave. Um, and we're trying to reach out to the lawmaker, the chief sponsor of this legislation, to ask if they reviewed this study and other studies. I'm sure they did. This was a massive undertaking by the Utah State Legislature. This bill was packed full of information. Um, but we still want to talk to him sometime in the show today. Straight ahead, uh, as we've just talked about, we have a mental health crisis on our hands, uh, but not enough providers there to help. Um, a new proposal on Capitol Hill is working to fix that. Uh, so we're going to talk to the sponsor of that legislation straight ahead. <laughs> 